Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by... A comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. For those of you joining us for the first time, Bad Storytellers is a podcast about a small group of amateur writers who submit and critique each other's work as well as discuss the written media we consume. It's like a book club but with a wider focus. Our group submissions are shared on our website, badstorytellers.com, and you can download them there if you'd like to read along with us. Additionally, we also accept your submissions for critique. If you would like some feedback with the same candor that we give each other, send in your submission to badstorytellers at gmail.com. Entries must be 10 pages or less. Additionally, at the end of each show, we roll the dice, pick three genres, and come up with a movie idea. Once we decide upon a name, we record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to Bad Storytellers, a podcast about a small group of writers in Titusville, Florida. I'm your host, Josh LaForge, and with me today is Liam Malone. I'm drinking NyQuil. <laughs> Max Wessel. And I'm not. And Doug Banks is absent. Boo. He's not here. Yeah, boo. He's boo. moving. Shame on him. Shame for moving. No, he'll still, he'll still be making it to you, though. This is going to be a special week, because what we're going to do today is going to break the format a little bit, because we don't have Doug, and we're going to have a bit of a shorter episode where we just kind of toss around ideas about the concept of reboots with so many reboots coming out i looked at a list and um there's something like 50 movies in the pipeline that are confirmed that are just reboots or sequels to other things and i thought well, what what really deserves it in our opinion and i think we all agree that star trek needs a new series so we're going to talk about that later in the episode so this is going to be a bit shorter than normal we're not going to do the bad story trailers at the end i'm sorry everybody but you know we feel like we move a little bit slower with those without doug well, I feel like reboots are part of the Star Trek universe, part of the fabric of it. Especially since with the J.J. Abrams reboot. <laughs> just live long and prosper just means keep rebooting, keep making money. Mm-hmm. We're going to toss around ideas about reboots and talk about our ideas for things that we do not control <laughs> at all. We have no relation to the IP. And but... no one would let me touch. Exactly. So we're going to talk about the ultimate fantasy of every nerd. If you had complete control of a franchise you loved what would you do with it and you know i definitely i do have to say this i miss doug right now <laughs> yeah i like i'm feeling his his loss in my heart uh let us know if you like it or not write us at badstorytellers at gmail.com tell us how awful we are we still haven't gotten a single message yet really not one. Oh man i'm hoping for like you know what you know what'd be fun is hate mail i want it well if people send us in their work to and read, we could talk about it yeah i mean nothing crazy nothing over 15 pages obviously tell yeah. them how shitty it is yeah, it would be cool if you had if you had the cojones for it, and we're we're gonna uh, discuss it. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I'd be down. Yeah, does that sound fun? That yeah. sounds fun. Put your balls where your mouth are. <laughs> Put your balls where my mouth is. <laughs> so we've got some retractions this week. Boo! It's <laughs> better two. than this. There's only two. Probably should be more, but there's only two. In regards of how to build a scene, the start late, get out early advice is attributed to William Goldman the screenwriter Butch Cassidy and yeah. a host of mm. other films. But it may be misattributed. I'm not sure, but it's the it's the closest link I could find because he said a much longer quote that people say start late, get out early. And we said the painted lady was something we didn't know what it was. It's a 1912 film. <laughs> and this is the description. A lonely young woman lives with her strict father who forbids her to wear makeup. One day at an ice cream social, she meets a young God man. damn it. <laughs> who seems interested in her. However, unknown to her, he is a burglar <laughs> who's only interested in breaking into her father's house. One night, she's awakened by a noise. Grabbing a pistol, she enters her father's downstairs office where she confronts a masked intruder. Dot, dot, dot. The Painted Lady. Then what happens? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I haven't seen it. Suspense. Yeah, you heard the dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it's synonymous. What did you guys consume this week? Uh, I watched the Baruto movie based on... Oh, the Boruto? Bor- Boruto. I watched burrito. that. Burrito. Yeah. The, no. Oh, man, that's what I'm calling it from now on. The Burrito movie. <laughs> uh, the, the last Naruto movie based on someone's advice in this podcast. It was me. 
and I really liked it. It was really fun. Isn't it great? It was, um, it was the dude, best of them. I and you were like, oh, I, I nearly teared up in a moment. I'm like, bullshit. And then it happened. I know the exact moment. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. He's, he's got me a little. He's lying to his dad, and they can't really connect. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, no, that's, that's not. That's not where I happened to me. What was it for you? Uh, when he was in the office after his dad disappears. Maybe that was it. From that was that was definitely one. And then also like when he's talking to Sasuke. Oh, anyway, we're, yeah. we're, we're talking about Animu. I know Max has fallen asleep. Uh. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I started watching the Netflix series Love. That's executive produced by uh, Jed Apatow. Kind of a, a quirky romantic comedy series. The only thing I know about that show is that the trailer for it is extremely loud every time I turn on Netflix. Because <laughs> it just it starts playing immediately yeah. on the player. And I'm just like never watching that out of revenge. I'm liking it. It's not terrific. It's not blowing me away. But there's some pretty good jokes. And it's also – it's more constru- uh, deconstruction of like the manic pixie dream girl kind of reaction to uh, Garden State bullshit. But I like it. It's fun. And then the I, – I feel – I feel like that gets a lot of undue hate. Like, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is not a realistic depiction of a girl. Garden State is not a not realistic a real, a d- depiction not, of anything. Yeah, not, it doesn't try to be at all. And it's just a story about how some guy meets some lady who's free in all the ways he yeah. is. And it's Fight Club, basically. My, my problem with that is um, having to deal with the actual reality aftermath of those movies – like 500 Days of Summer and stuff. Yeah. One, people don't understand what the moral of the fucking story is half the time. <laughs> Another thing is like they pick up those affectations to supplant the personality they don't have in real life. Yeah. And it uh, pisses me the fuck off. Or they think that being quirky is means you're interesting yeah. instead of just yeah. frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> like No, definitely. I don't want to – I mean we have a friend. I don't want to call her out. Uh, but but she's like, oh, uh, we tried to do this barbecue. And I was like, oh, I think, you know, I'm going to make uh, this kind of food. And she's like, oh, uh, I like this food, but not when it's like this. So I think I'm going to sit out. But isn't that weird? Isn't that interesting? I like it like this. I'm like, no. Who no, that's that's that? fucking no, boring. That's not interesting. But that's um, always been in media. Yeah. Like, yeah, the way you suck is not interesting to other people, I would not think. Or the, no. the way you inconvenience other people. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that I'm difficult for these reasons? It doesn't Celebrate my diversity. No, cause just because you don't like potato salad doesn't mean you're diverse. And then the last thing I watched was a, the sci-fi show The Expanse. It's a science fiction show set in a – I mean not too near future, but they're at, the human race is still limited to our solar system. And there's three big groups of people. There's Earthers, uh, Martians, and then there's a, this other group of people called Belters who are essentially just the lower class of the solar system. Oh, so they're between Mars <clears> and Jupiter? Yeah, and they then they go out to the the outer planets and just like mine moons and 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 stuff. That's fun um, to say, mine moons, mine moons, <laughs> and they moon they have attacked moon. at mine moons. And the the whole story revolves around this ship called the I think the Rossi that goes missing, and one group of miners like goes to investigate the space Hulk that's floating around. That's the Rossi, a cop who's on the largest colony in the belt is looking for the girl who went off on the Rossi, and then the, uh, the missing ship triggers a political intrigue on Earth with a, uh, someone who's involved in the UN. It's told from these three perspectives. And it all revolves around this one event that is upcoming, and you get to see how these people are dealing with it and how they're trying to figure out what's really going on. So none of them knows what the event is? None of them knows what the event is or what's really going on. Someone is pulling strings, and private investigators like hitting the streets, beating the fuck out of people. The miners are just like thrown into shit after shit situation. People are dying. Everywhere they go, bad stuff happens. And then the UN investigator politically worms her way into like having factions reveal what they're actually doing. And you don't like her. At first, I didn't really like her. I thought she was the least interesting person. But the more the story goes on for her to sacrifice herself or why she's so driven to kind of Mm -hmm. prevent this stuff, um, this kind of thing from happening, the more I enjoyed her the most. It sounds... The way you're describing what her character arc is, or like the what, how you're getting wrapped into her sounds a lot like uh, Meryl Streep's character in Doubt. Yeah. Where you start off, you're like, ugh. Who, <laughs> Why would anyone be so curmudgeon And then you're yeah. like, oh, because you have a hard job. Yeah. And not only do you have a hard job, but you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're so good. Um, and it was it was really, really good. They're supposed to do another season, and it's based on a book series that I might pick up and read. Cool. I really, it, it, I is really the book series it. by the same name? No. It is The Expanse. The, like book series saga I think, yeah i don't universe. know what the i don't remember what the, the name of the book is i'll have to check that out it's, it's good. It I'll, good i'll find it i'll put it on the show yeah. notes Very um cool. i saw another movie i don't remember what it is oh I, and I'm, I'm still watching farscape it's still good 
Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. What about you, Max? Well, I have been listening to what you guys have been saying. <laughs> and I had a little bit of a moment of clarity. You stopped listening to Rush? Yeah. Oh. Well, no, I still listen to them, but it's not like as much. I actually switched to uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. That's decent. So that was interesting. But um, so as my change of heart, I... Uh, it's the I, hype. Yeah. I started watching some anime. What'd you watch? You were talking to me about the um, the manga of Naruto. Mm-hmm. Oh, you started reading started, Naruto? Started watching some Naruto, and, you know, I'm really starting to like anime. And, <laughs> you know. You were so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trolling. No, that's not going to happen. But really, I watched uh, Deadpool, and I welcome, quite enjoyed welcome it. Welcome to the fold. Yeah. It was a movie, and I enjoyed it. And It was. It was yeah. a movie. It fits most of the requirements for being a movie. For something that is kind of feels at some times like it's trying to be a little too edgy mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty easy to consume it's just, yeah, <laughs> it just goes yeah. down, goes down well but yeah deadpool was good my wife and i enjoyed it and then we saw the martian after that mm-hmm. and i enjoyed the shit out of the martian i remember watching the martian mm-hmm. and when i when i left the theater i was like okay yes that was a movie that made sense all the way through and ended that's it. Like I, didn't, I wasn't. There's no, no point in that movie. Am I worried or am I stressed out for the character? And I don't know. It's just everything I ex- like. Everything they set out for it to happen, I felt like happened exactly when I expected it to. I was just glad for him that he was a botanist. Yeah, because if he wasn't a botanist, oh, the engineer would not have fared as well. No. I don't know, man. Because because you think like that would almost be a better movie where it's a, the guy who's not the engineer or not the botanist and is like, I don't know what I'm doing. I found all these books. <laughs> like, has to <laughs> has to figure it out. I mean, I know it was yeah. a book first, but and he had potatoes. Yeah, he had to grow them out of his poop. Yeah, it's good. I, I have no complaints so about the movie. It's just like I, I after I left it, I was like, it felt pretty forgettable. Also, the, a lot of pandering to the Chinese. Later. I that part was so great. I was laughing so hard. Do you mean if we don't do this it. one forgettable thing, yeah. he'll die? Because they earned themselves an extra billion dollars with that, you know? I heard an interview yeah. or read an interview about the pandering to the Chinese to try to get the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was – they were interviewed a lot of Chinese people and they're like, we didn't come here to see a bunch of Chinese people. <laughs> like, yeah. This is an American movie. We have tons of Chinese movies. Yeah. Like they don't need to, they don't need to pander to us. And those ones pandered to us too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, they don't they, – they, a lot of them were very upset by it. They're like, come on. Just skip to the part we came to see. Imagine a Chinese movie with just like four white guys thrown in to pander to an with American us. audience. Yeah. Uh, they, they did that. It was John Cusack in a Jackie Chan movie. Really? About Rome, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I got okay, it. No, it's my a, brain won't What is this that. movie? I'll link it oh, in the show yeah. notes. I, I forget it's about It's it. about Rome? It's about yeah. Rome and China fighting. So, Okay. Rome fights China, and Jackie Chan is at the head of it. Is ja- at the hand, uh, the head of the the Chinese army, and John Cusack is the head of the expeditionary force of Romans. And then he's like, "Oh, there's a big old empire over here." And then Rome's like, "Got to go beat him up." And is John it, Cusack, we shouldn't do that. I don't even understand how it works. That's amazing. It doesn't doesn't Rome predate uh, uh, like the might of Chinese em- empires? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it does. I think I think not until like the 1200s or so did China really start. There was a we were at the point where they got insane. They were always a, yeah. pr- a pretty big force. There was a group, <coughs> an army of Romans that got destroyed by the Persians, and like a hundred of them survived. And then the Persians sold them to the Chinese, and that's pretty cool. That sounds like a movie. That might be this movie. I don't know. I've never yeah. seen it. I didn't see it, but I was like, oh, John Cusack's in the movie. But I feel like Jackie Chan is pandering to American audiences enough without Cusack. Yeah, that's true. Anything other than The Martian? Um, that's pretty good for me. Okay. You know, two movies. Yeah. I don't have that much time. Started, started watching Naruto? No, I didn't. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. As for me, I finished the Many Colored Land mm-hmm. book I, I was reading. It's very good. Don't want to spoil the ending, but it's very good. Ends weird. Don't do that. No, I think it ends, it ends well. There's a big fight. Because as... You were telling us about this book. I was like, oh, I get this book. And then the second time you started talking about it, I was like, oh, I have no understanding about what this book is. So so the uh, one of the guys who went back is a paleobiologist. That's convenient. Well, yeah, that's – I mean that's why he wanted to go. Um, well, actually, there's – one of the guys I'm thinking of is an anthropologist. And mm-hmm. he had to study anthropology and you know people movements and stuff like that. But in the Pliocene, there's not – there's no people. There's no people, yeah. Exactly. But Just he's dinosaurs. still familiar with the with the landmarks. 
So they're trying to go back to the alien ship when it originally wrecked on the planet to find ancient technology. And they're like, we don't know where it is. We don't know where it is. And it's like, well, how big was it? And it's like, well, they said it was this big in this in the myth about it, and it, you know, because it was hundreds of years ago by this time. And it did this and this. And he goes, oh, Jesus Christ! I know exactly where it is. It's this crater. It's, it's the only one. Yeah, yeah it's like the only one in this area that is old enough to be from the Pliocene era. And they're like, are you sure? We've been looking for it for years. And he's like, I know exactly where it is. <laughs> so they, basically, the rest of the book is a trek. To get to that, steal a, one of the spaceships that is still there, one of the one of the runabout ships, and then lay waste to people, and things do not go as expected, and it's good. Interesting. <laughs> I gotta read that now. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's really cool. You wouldn't call it alternate history. It's still futuristic altering side. history. Is that a new new? No, genre? no, because presumably this already all happened in the Pliocene era. There's no paradox. That's like I had an argument with my dad one day many years ago about the Civil War. If right. you went back in time and changed the Civil War, yeah. in my understanding, you would be the only one who knew that the Civil War had changed. But my dad felt like, no, everyone would know that something changed. I don't think no. either of those is true. Yeah. I think that if it changed, if you changed the past, would you just you're changed with it. Like, yeah. yeah. Unless you had some kind of device that would, that would allow you to Shield separate, you from, yeah. separate yeah. yourself from time, and that's what allowed you to travel into the past to begin with. Probably the but there's likely. no way, yeah. There's no way people who hadn't been born yet can remember a future that never happens. Yeah, right. The, one <laughs> of my problems with Looper is they took great care in the premise to make it so that there's no paradox. It's like, yeah, it's you yourself. You get sent back to the past, and you, or it, and guys in the future, get sent back to the past where we know there are people waiting with shotguns. They shoot them, they bury them, and we don't have to worry about these people anymore. Doesn't fuck up the past at all. Nobody finds out about it because they just bury them in cornfields. It's not a problem. You end up shooting yourself. You get a golden payout. You're, you get to retire. One day they send you back in the past and you shoot yourself. No paradox. Have you guys seen the movie? No. At the end, the guy is like, oh, shit. <laughs> All right, this is total spoilers. Skip ahead I'm, 30 seconds if, if you don't want to hear this. I at, at, the end of the, at the end of the movie, this guy is like, oh, if I kill myself when I'm young, this bad thing won't happen in the future that I'm perpetuating as an older guy. Kills himself. And the older version of himself that is Bruce Willis just vanishes. And it's like, oh, he was never here. That never happened. And it's like, no, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, there's and a also, lot of things that happened. And more importantly, exactly. don't you need the stimuli, stimulus of your future self to be there to make the Apparently decision not. to kill yourself? Apparently not, no. All right. See, that's what I'm saying. You can't have it both ways. No. <clears throat> so I also read the first eight volumes of One Punch Man. Dude. Which is so rad. <laughs> It's a, I, it's, a, it's a manga. I love <laughs> One Punch Man so much. It's so rad. It, it's so good. So for people who don't read manga or have an anime waifu, One Punch Man is about a guy <laughs> who trained really hard doing basic calisthenics and can now defeat any kind of monster. He, he, he punches so hard that no monster lasts longer than One Punch. And there's a whole league of heroes that have to work their way up the ranks from, like, uh, C-class, B-class, A-class, S-class. Who's, who's your favorite secondary hero? Oh, man, I, I really do like Genos, the, the, yeah. the, that guy. But I, I kind of like, uh, what's, the, what's the A-class tank top guy? Oh, uh, Black Hole Tank Top? No, no, the one above him. Uh, Tiger? No, Tiger is below him. Oh, I, I don't... A tank Top Master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of ridiculous heroes who are all jockeying for position in the hero leaderboards. And Saitama, the guy who can punch every everybody into into dust, just sucks at playing the leaderboard. So he's C class, and nobody, all the he- other heroes look down on him. Even though one punch would just annihilate yeah. any of them. And occasionally, one of them figures out who he is, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Art, don't you want to work harder?" And he's like. I'm working very hard. But his secret for training, they're like, uh, Genos is this guy who's like an ultimate cyborg S-class hero, meets uh, Saitama at the beginning of the, of the manga, and Saitama just punches this this mosquito lady who's like ultra powerful and going to kill Genos, just punches her and she evaporates. Or he, he doesn't punch her, he slaps her. Slaps her, <laughs> slaps and she her turns through a building. Into, and she turns into blood. Yeah, <laughs> she just evaporates. And uh, and he and his clothes have all been eaten away, and he's like, all right, time to go. And this guy's like, you're really strong, train me. And he's like, uh, okay. He's like, what's your name? He's like, oh, Saitama. He's like, that's it? Like, I'm Genos, the, the ultra cyborg. You know, and, but Saitama also looks really stupid because he's drawn like a kid's drawing. Yeah. His face is just, he's a bald guy with like just a straight line for a mouth, and he looks really dumb. So nobody takes Until him seriously. He, 
every once in a while there's a really good draw like when he's mm. in the mode like and, and he's like tell me what you did he's like you must become stronger like i did and he's like well what did you do to train and he like gives him this really serious anime look like with the motion lines around him and the bit huge eyes and he's yelling and he's like 100 push-ups 100 sit-ups 100 squats, squats. and run 10 kilometers every day and he's like yeah but what else and he's like no that's it just do it you make you do it every day and you become me and he's like, no, that's there has, there not has to be more to it. Yeah, and he's like, nope. no, that, that, that's all there is to Just, it. He's like, please tell me. So he starts like making things up, and he like looks around the room for things to to tell him that he needs to do. It's it's very funny. It's 100 percent comedy. It is. It makes fun of superheroes and anime and manga and like the so ridiculous hard. power ups and yeah. like because every bad guy has like this long speech and he's like what come on man I'm hungry like just 20, it, 20 seconds 20 seconds like, that's all I'm gonna give you for this and they're like. And now that's why I needed to defeat you. He's like, can we fight now? Can we just fight now? And it's like people have all these crazy names for their moves. And it's like the, the Ultra Joomer Shock Cannon, you know, and then like a dragon comes out of the flame and then everything like tries to blow up the moon. And he's like, what's your super move? He's like, oh, OK. Uh, and he runs up to this guy who can withstand more than one punch. And he's like, consecutive normal punches. That's <laughs> it. It's very funny. Make that movie with uh, Vin Diesel. No, it would no. need to be somebody way less impressive looking than Vin Diesel. Oh. Michael okay. Sarah. If you shaved Michael Sarah's head. Although there, there needs to be definition. I get, yeah. Well, I was just no, it needs to be, it needs to be just like the comic where it's somebody with no definition until he needs to get serious. And then all of a sudden he's ripped like John Paul <laughs> oh. Van Damme. But uh, have it looked nothing like the guy? No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I uh, want. Moon, man, Moon Man Rider, though. <laughs> that does remind me, he though. He is my favorite. is my favorite character in that whole thing. <laughs> Apparently Vin Diesel is making a and d movie. Didn't he already? I thought he made the Last Witch Hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh well, there's a movie that came out called Last Witch Hunter, and like the he has in the movie Triple X, he has that character's name tattooed on him. It's yeah. the D and D character he had, but yeah, they moved, made a movie about his D and D character, basically. Oh wow! Presumably, I think that's the premise. I know it was a witch hunter. I just saw a thing. It was like he's making a D and D movie that he wants to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's definitely not it then. Yeah, I mean, you, you could though. That's mm-hmm. was the Last Witch Hunter good? I don't know. I haven't mm. seen it. I haven't heard anything about it either, other than it was funnier than it was supposed to be. Oh, no. Which might not work out. I don't know. Well, so was The Sixth Day. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> I also rewatched Willow. Yes, you did. Fuck yeah. Which was very good. I, I enjoyed it. And, and me and the lady started uh, rewatching X Files. She's never watched it. She, like, caught the tail end of episodes. She had no idea what it was, what it was really like. Uh, she thought it was more like Law and Order, I think. <laughs> You know, <laughs> dude, X Files Law and Order would, <laughs> crossover would be amazing. What's the one with um, Ice Cube or Ice T? Sorry, Ice T. Yeah, Special Victims Union. So you mean to tell me like an alien came down? <laughs> <laughs> you trying to say that there's a special virus turns people into vampires? Mm-hmm. And the vamp and well, the whole thing is, but it's also Special Victims Unit. So yeah. like, there has to be a sexual assault in it for them yeah. to be called in. And the vampires are like biting chicks and shit. We watched okay. the first episode, and, she, and I was like, so what do you think? She's like, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. It's like, yeah, it may be one of the best pilots in television history. Like, it really does grab you and yank you. I don't know, man. Mork and Mindy was real good. It was good. Are you talking about the Happy Days or the actual no, Mark and no, Mindy? No, the actual pilot. Mm-hmm. You know in Happy Days, Arthur Fonzarelli was banned from wearing a leather jacket if he wasn't within, like, three feet of a motorcycle for the first season? Yeah, he wears a windbreaker. What? Why? Because the leather jacket yeah. was too like too rebellious, yeah, outrageous. And in fact, the the I'm, I'm, you guys are going to have to unpack that for me. What do you, leather jackets had a, a stigma? Oh yeah, and yeah, biker culture was was yeah it was real it. scary in the early seventies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Think of like Easy in, Rider. In, yeah. yeah, well, no, in mainstream culture, yeah, on primetime network TV. But he still had to wear a. But they, he could still wear a leather jacket, but only when on, he was on a motorcycle or fixing it was a motorcycle. Safe, yeah, for yeah. safety. But if he was, like, anywhere else, he had to take it off. So, uh, well, And the whole thing is he was supposed to be way more of a meathead. And then the directors and writers started hanging out with Henry Winkler. And they're like, you're the funniest person on this show. I heard an interview with him and he was like, and they were talking about the character. Like, we think you're perfect for it. And you're going to be this meathead kind of bully biker dude guy. And he's like, I'm a five, I'm five foot six Jewish guy with no muscles. Like, what do you want yeah. from me? That's the thing. Then he became the favorite character, and he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, exactly. Didn't they want to change the name of it to Fonz, Fonz's Happy Days or something? I have no idea. Fozzie's Happy Days. Waka, waka, waka. Okay, so let's talk about reboots. 
There are a ton Wait, of. Wait, I thought we were talking about Nazis. You're thinking of jackboot. Oh. <laughs> oh man, actually, you know what deserves a reboot? Reboot. It, yeah. Isn't it getting one? I'm pretty Maybe. sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it is. All of those early internet shows, like Superhuman Samurai, Cyborg Warriors, or whatever. I watched the hell out of that show. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that like. I love the bad guy in it. He was evil because he listened to White Zombie. That really? Was, yeah. Well, I mean that that you just that's how you know he's evil. Yeah. He's like, no, you should listen to some White Zombie. And then, so he's the bad guy. <laughs> he's like, how that's why you, I write viruses. How would you rewrite that? Like, Super Samurai Cyber Squad or whatever it's Yeah, called. whatever the hell. Like, the internet isn't a magical place that you can go to. I think it is, the, it, actually. You said, kind of like it, you said it kind of in the future, and the, then it's just like giant mnemonic. Yeah. Okay. Or, 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 or again, Reboot did it really well. The things in your computer are totally alive. Like, uh, did you guys ever play Tron 2.0, the video game? No. It was a, it was a PC game, and characters in it were named after files in your computer really yeah so it'd be like you know word. how embarrassing could that get well not, not, they, it's not really your files it's files that are in the typical windows oh, okay. windows oh, computer i was gonna say yeah so i was like so people are like exe files dot uh inf files that's cool. it's pretty cool it's like business old business don't open file <laughs> 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 tax information 1998 <laughs> uh, my favorite one is definitely not porn i have yeah. a definitely not porn folder on my desktop and it's just pictures of dogs why can't people take your word for it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So is there is there a franchise that if you had the IP to, you feel like you could you could do right? I feel like I could do something interesting, maybe not right. Yeah. And I think I think we all depends think, on who's who's right. We all we're think like, Star Trek. So oh yeah. we're gonna say Star that. Trek. We're gonna say yeah. that. Star Trek needs a TV reboot real bad. What about is there any movies that that need to, to be made? That you guys Especially coming out of, of Deadpool, the movie that I think or even maybe the best way to do it would be like an HBO 10-episode mm. series would be the Image. Image Comics has this series called Invincible just to make fun of regular superhero comics. Like the whole thing is it's Spider-Man meets Superman. There's this I, kid. I would say it's not just to make fun of them. It's more like, oh. like I'm going to create something that deals, that deals with those tropes, but it's not really comedy most of the time. There's a I don't know. There's a lot of comedy and there's a lot of gore. Yeah, it it, it gets pretty serious. <laughs> um, More serious than regular superhero comics. Yeah, but I mean, I it's just one of my favorites because everything that works for Spider-Man, it uses. Being like, I don't know, really know how anything works, and everything that works for Superman, he puts in there. And also, like just, Superman is basically his dad. Yeah, he's an alien who's just superhero strong. If, if Superman had a mustache and had to have a mustache, <clears throat> who was yeah. required to have a mustache? He had to have a mustache. There's a lot of crazy things, a lot of insane supervillains. I think you could have a, an incredible amount of fun with it. And it would, in a world where superheroes aren't on the fringe anymore, that could be something a little more, a little more fringe, a little yeah. more, a little more interesting, a little more meaty. So that's an idea that that hasn't had a movie yet that deserves one. It's not so yeah. much like our take on. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. what. I'm, but what do you, let's let's talk about that for a bit. So is there something that you think needs to be redone or or, or done in a, a way that it needs to jump mediums? I'm trying to think of things yeah. that de- desperately need a reboot. See, because I would just love a Bill and Ted comic book that continued oh the story. Continue the story right after. Well, Marvel's I really liked Journey. like that. Joss Whedon got into comics because he's like, can't cancel my comics. You know, he finished a Firefly, did a bunch with Buffy and all that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there, and there's cool. like future Buffy stuff too. Yeah, 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 and I understand Angel is pretty good as a comic series as well. I really enjoyed the last episode of Angel. I never watched any episode. No, no, that's not true. I saw an episode of Angel where he fights a demon in hell for somebody's soul, and it was very funny. I enjoyed Angel much more than I enjoyed Buffy. Interesting. Because it was more of a detective story in the bar. It got real weird, though. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It got so – it got cable weird. Okay. I kind of like cable weird. The parts about cable that no one likes cable weird. What about – you said you've been reading Prophet. Yeah. How how could that jump medium? Uh, You couldn't. I think it could only be a cartoon. It, like, could, it, it could only be a cartoon, or you could do a really weird game. Oh, yeah. You but could who do you, a really weird game. Which John would you play as? Your own. Uh, maybe. You, oh, you mean so you're a separate, a separate so, one yeah, you just would, playing around that and, universe? And more importantly, it, if it was an MMO, you could just... Everybody's John. Everybody's John. <laughs> that would be awesome. Everybody's John, and you're, yeah, and, and you're, you're working your way through the hierarchy of John's. And then you could meet old John. I would totally pick to play as a John with the tail. They were pretty. Oh rad. man, they were really rad. I, I d- although the one with the skeleton glow arm was pretty cool. Uh, new father. <laughs> it's so good. 
You guys have uh, Prophet's so good. The, the, really, if anybody listening has not read oh, the man. Prophet comic book, it's so balls crazy awesome. But I think that would work way better as, as a game or an animated series. Mm-hmm. The idea of even doing it as a movie, it's too scattered. How could you? It, it's not. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could probably think of a way, but it, I don't think it's. It doesn't live there. That's no. not. That's not its main. Its main body. I'm trying to think of just. There's so many. I'd love to see a Wonder Woman movie. That would be tits. I'd love to write a Wonder Woman movie because I would just treat it like she's not a superhero, and she's just, just a fucking god, Diana of Themyscira. Well, that's like there's a that comic came out about Thor, <coughs> where it wasn't Marvel Thor; it was just Thor wakes up with a bunch of Vikings in the, like New York Harbor, and he's like, "Let's go fuck shit up because I'm Thor." <laughs> I would think it would be I, I'd treat it more like she's fighting monsters and like is just a badass mm-hmm. warrior and from her perspective is discovering I mean I don't know I don't even know if you want to deal with her going into America you know and, and, and just meeting modern day people like why don't you start earlier than that she fights monsters she she rips angels wings off yeah. and, and pisses on them she fights the Greek debt crisis <laughs> god damn it <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, she fights the Golden Dawn. In that case, God. yeah. What? Oh, I have a question about the Golden Dawn. When they were developing as a political party, did they purposefully choose all the iconography and like the names to sound like supervillains? Yes. Was that super purposeful? Well, it, the Golden Dawn was a was a an occult following, like the uh, Ordo Temple Orientis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I'm just saying, like, if you were in a video game. And someone was like, oh, well, you know, oh, that's the Golden Dawn place. You were like, I have to go in there eventually and blow it Weren't up. Weren't they the ones who destroyed the Empire in Oblivion? Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, didn't, yeah. w- w- it, weren't they trying to make, uh, they were trying to raise, what's his face? Oh, uh, uh, Mirren's Dagon. Yeah, Mirren's Dagon. Yeah, the Golden Dawn, right? Yeah. That's, that's who it was. Now they're a great political party. Are, I thought they were the Golden Sun. Yeah, I'm just saying that's. I'm pretty sure it's the Golden Dawn. Similar. You know what? I'm going to look it up right, me- right meow. Anyway. How embarrassing for them. <laughs> it's so odd. It's so odd to just, like, invent yourself in a way that I think immediately makes Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think it's even silly when you see it in fiction. Like, for instance, um, Magneto founded the... Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, how terrible mm-hmm. is that? Although I will say the Hellfire Club is a badass thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a badass so name. good. It's yeah. so good. And also, that doesn't sound evil so much as it sounds like... It is uh, the same thing from Elder Scrolls. No, Mythic Dawn? Oh, Mythic Dawn, yes. It, hold on, hold it's on. It's the Mythic Dawn. Elder Scrolls is Mythic Dawn. I would like to see American Gods. They're doing that. Yeah, but they've been saying that Are they? Are they for time. real? Yeah, they're doing that. Are they, are they doing it like they did a – okay, so they, they tried to make a TV show out of Neverwhere. Well, I guess they did make it. They're doing a radio show of that now. Neverwhere mm-hmm. is so good. Um, That's such a great And uh, McAvoy is in it, and so is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. They're going to do a radio drama. Who do you think would be a good shadow? Oh, I don't – you know, I don't know. I don't know if Vin those... Diesel. No joke. That could work. I think um, shadow is more like Nathan Explosion. I'm not sure if we're in the right place to redo a lot of those those 40s, 30s and 40s comics. What 30s and 40s comics? The Shadow? No, oh. I'm sorry. He's talking about Shadow, Shadow from, from American Gods. American oh. Gods. oh, yeah, no. Straight up. No, that'll work. Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah, no. And <clears throat> Alec Baldwin already rocked his shit out of the Shadow, so that's put away. Yeah. What was the deal with that? Where, like, Batman was successful, and then someone was like, man, what were the last comic books let's that were made? Let's do a radio play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, do, let's do the last ones that we made movies that no one's heard of in the last 40 years. Who knows what darkness lies. Batman's a, com- ba- Batman's a comic book, really popular, made into a really popular movie. The Shadow, people have heard of. Yeah. It was The Shadow, Dick Tracy. Yeah. Dick Tracy was great. Dar- even yeah. Darkman. 
was in that. Oh, did you? I call that. Talking Liam Neeson's a dark man. Yeah. Deadpool stole like four minutes of film from Dark Man when he's in the oh, movie yeah. following oh. his uh, yeah. Vanessa. <clears throat> I'm like, don't forget that's the, Dark Man. That's Dark Man. <laughs> don't forget the whole concept of the uh, fire in yeah, the, the laboratory fire and the face and everything. And I was like, Lauren, that's Dark Man. She's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm like, he made a Liam Neeson reference earlier <laughs> before that too. Yeah, the villain yeah. in Deadpool sucked. Yep. But uh, mm-hmm. so what? <laughs> that wasn't the point of the movie. Exactly. Yeah. His superpower was that he doesn't have nerve endings. That's a really why is he so strong? That's a really no. Well, they, they also they also they like they explain it where like he's also just generally better. He does yeah. heal faster and is stronger. He just also doesn't like his main thing is that he doesn't feel pain. I feel bad that he was the bad guy because you, you look at this guy and you're like he's way too handsome to be that bitter. Yeah. About anything, he was yeah. incredibly handsome. Sorry, what happened in your life? <laughs> yeah, something bad happened to this. Guy. Okay, you were. Well, I guess, I guess you were. You... you were obviously tortured, like the rest of the people here. But now you're the best at everything. Yeah, and you sell weapons, and you're crazy handsome. Like, yeah, <laughs> just dude, get over it. Yeah. Where, where are you getting your angst from? I don't know. Villains should be ugly. Francis, the name Francis. Or no, no, Francis. no. Or yeah. the, whole, but the whole thing is like, or if they're beautiful, it needs to be abject narcissism that drives them to oh, do yeah. evil things. That's not his fucking deal. No. I mean, it seems like he had narcissism about his work and his capability. But uh, I don't know, man. Sorry, bro. You're just too handsome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just too handsome to do this. Sorry, man. I think Wonder Woman should be like Conan. That would be fun. That'd be totally fun. I don't know that much about Wonder Woman. Is she... Like an immortal figure? Has yeah. she lived for a very yep. long time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell Wonder me about Wonder Woman. She is an immortal lady from the island of Themyscira. Mm-hmm. And depending on which version you go with, she was either born without the help of a man or that's a lie told by her mother and she's actually the daughter of Zeus. So how old is she? <sighs> Depends on the timeline. Yeah thousands hundreds okay so you can do uh, but, but also there's some there, i think there's one or two versions where like when she reaches womanhood she's like i'm going out into the world and, and fucking yeah, shit up yeah. and they're like but we don't you're, we don't you're do so that. young yet he's yeah. like we don't do that and he's like fuck you i'm the so you best do like an epic age wonder woman not just modern yeah i think i think you should because that's way more fun because then if you describe that she's immortal when she shows up in a dc movie later you're just yeah. like oh the, here it is now yeah what if the basis for all the tales of Hercules were Wonder Woman? You mean like as a real person? What? Oh, you mean like do a movie about the ten feet of ten trials, yeah. and yeah. it's her just like wearing a lion skin, and somebody beats her? No. <laughs> <laughs> but reboot. I my reboot would be the Last Starfighter. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can get behind you on that one because okay. that movie is just as good today as it was <laughs> as it was when I was a kid. But I think it could. I mean, be you could good. do something yeah. really weird with that. Like, sure. get into the political, be like, okay, this guy's going to save the galaxy? Well, yeah. Well, how'd you find him? Well, he passed, like, the fighter test. So, like, what? Fuck. <laughs> so, so, we, I think you could do a good sequel off yeah. of that. Okay. Where, yeah. where, like, the guy who was the last Starfighter you is, have like, to, you have to rebuild dies of cancer. the Armada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To where he's, like, really, really bad at leading. Just because he's a good pilot doesn't mean mm-hmm. he's a good administrator. Or they face some new threat where he's the only one who can, like, make it out alive because nobody else is good enough. So he needs to recruit a team of five people from Earth. <laughs> Ooh, and that's where uh, MLG comes from. Twitch stream is just an uh, alien plot. This is, you're doing alternate history on everything. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Max's jam. Well, the whole thing, of the point of the movie was that that arcade cabinet was created by an alien race to get a starfighter. Yes. So why couldn't the next part of the movie just be that they did it again? No, it could. It could. I. Th- I mean, I think that's. I think that movie could could do a really cool sequel. In this discussion, I'm just kind of like also going through my head and thinking of the ones that really worked. The Battlestar Galactica reboot was really good, and yeah. it had it had increasingly less and less to do with it, its source material, mm-hmm. which as it should. for its for its benefit it was like, oh, it's a campy. Um, science fiction story. See, I really like the se- the the seventies one, so I don't know if I want to watch the new one. Everybody says it's good. It's just I like I, I like the lighthearted like Starbucks yeah. coming in with his pistols. Yeah. It ain't lighthearted. It's it looks way serious. It's very very <laughs> serious, but that works for it. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah, they're two separate things. It's a lot of like run silent, run deep kind of thing where like right. make a goddamn noise and Earth is dead. Or like, all of humanity is dead. All of humanity is dead. Now, um, yeah. that's. Run Silent, Run Deep, I think we were confusing with a different movie. Because I, I looked that up, and that movie is a different movie than On the Beach, which I think is the movie we were thinking of. On the Beach is the one where 
everybody's staying underwater during the nuclear holocaust. No, I'm thinking about the the U-boat movie. Sorry, I think Doug brought up Run Silent, Run Deep. Last Starfighter. You were talking about good reboots. Yeah. Well, Things that have been rebooted well. Star Trek Next Generation became an excellent reboot. Yes. Or a continuation, eventually, Very much of the so. original series. And let's talk about Star Trek. Let's yeah. move on. Let's do it. All right. Let's uh, do – each of you guys have your own idea or, or did, you, did you guys pair up for an idea? I've been talking about mine yeah, his... for a while. Okay. Um, Liam, shoot. So I would love to be in charge of a new Star Trek series and my whole idea would be Star Trek's Island of Misfits and it would be about Captain Worf. And I immediately decided like one of the things that Star Trek does really well when it works really well is you have your commanding officer and your XO and they are complementary. So I thought who would – compliment Worf the most who who makes up for his deficiencies and the idea of Nog is just my oh, it's just my favorite I, I have a creative use for Nog as well so just be a very staunch and older Worf being in charge of like a, a dreadnought or his ship isn't going out and exploring they're just securing supply lines and running defensive maneuvers mm-hmm. for things and, and Nog is is there as his first officer and you could have like type three swinging android on board who's much more like of an angsty teenager than a child as Data often is. And yeah, you just fill it with... Worf would purposely pick strange, unwanted children of the Federation. He's like, no, everyone deserves a place on... Except for on, his own. Or even... <laughs> Except for uh, Alexander. Alexander, who he he's doesn't want... much happier want, on, on Earth. Than yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't want him to be in the Federation. But the idea would be also they would keep getting in these situations where violence would be the apparent thing to do. And Worf would go like, no, we'll go diplomatically or no, we'll do this. Until the last episode of the first season where they would get involved in a conflict where fighting your way out was the only way and then he would become the most terrifying it's interesting because if you think of if you think of Worf you'd imagine him as the most violent member of the Federation but in any episode that deals with Klingons and Worf is being used as an intermediary he is the peacemaker yeah and also uh, the idea that he would be heavily influenced by the command style of Picard more than any other yeah, I mean yeah. that's the, the mm-hmm. largest person in his universe. So he's like, you could even have a runny thing. He's like, what would Picard do in this situation? Or, or like deferring to Nog or <clears throat> can you, do you think you could negotiate your way out of this? And, and Nog would be like, yeah, that's what I do. I know a bit about making profit. <laughs> we do stuff like that. And then it would be a two parter. And the last one, he, they just, he just gets to let loose and starts a war. And then the next couple of seasons would just be about them being the forefront of a war. That could be cool. Awesome. It should be very obvious. He didn't want the war. He advised, fought, advised against he it. Fought, and then they just got in a situation where, like, that is the only it's option. It's that happening. is the only option. Because, uh, yeah, the idea that he would be, he, like, they do it often enough where, like, he's the most Klingon of Klingons. Right. The idea that if he made it to be a captain of the Federation to get there and to be comfortable to accept that position, he would have to believe in himself to be the most Federation of the Federation. Like, he would have to make himself that thing that he needs to be more than anything else. Who's their enemy? That w- that's the thing I don't know is like the Klingon Empire is the obvious get mm-hmm. and that's the one filled with the most drama. I would like to see But that would get that would get boring and played out pretty quick, I think. They're I think pretty that, one note enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um which is I get why in in Deep Six Nine they go for the Dominion, they go for the unknown enemy. Mm-hmm. Um Romulans are just great to fight always. Because yeah, they always got some new trick up their sleeve. And they're just so mm-hmm. shitty to everyone. <laughs> Borg are less fun too. Now, especially yeah. with the continuity, Borg is not. Ugh. It's not really. If you deal with current continuity, yeah. But I would, I would go. I would probably go Romulan, and then they would even be dealing with Worf and be like, "Well, you definitely want to start this fight." And he's like, "No, I don't." Why, like, what do I have to gain from this fight? You have nothing mm-hmm. to gain from this fight. And then they mm-hmm. they pin him down. And he's like, "Fine, I'll fight you." Like they they get worried because he's not showing any ag- aggressiveness and he's not acting like a Klingon should. So they get him in a corner and he just destroys everything. <laughs> There's no honor in this exchange. Uh, what about you, Max? <laughs> I think it's funny we were just talking about making Star Trek too actiony. My idea would be the split of the Federation, like a complete galactic civil war federation. Mm-hmm. Where Section thirty one doing something all this shitty. shit falls apart. Well some admiral because admirals are always bad, I don't know why. There's a lot of evil parasites yeah. Yeah. on admirals. The admirals are always the one who Picard has got to be like and declare martial or, like, yeah. order on Earth, and Picard's like Why even in the this? even in the original series. Remember the one who like yeah. lost his ship yeah. and went crazy and tried and commandeered the Enterprise. Yeah, I'll link to that. Uh, whatever that episode is. Go so 
I think that would be interesting to see. We've seen how it comes together. I'd like to see how it falls apart. Interesting. That's a cool idea. Who would be your main character? Um, would you would you follow a ship on either side? I think I'm not sure. Maybe seeing how it falls apart on Earth, and then so it'd be like Star Trek: The West Wing. Well, kind of a little <laughs> bit like that, but then going to a, people on the outer edge too. I don't know how you would do yeah, that. Yeah, because I want to I know who your main characters are in this idea. Yeah. Because hmm. um, it's obviously in the future. Yeah. The easiest way to get your in is to have people either people from the previous ones or related to, because that would be your easiest thing yeah. to hang mm-hmm. on to. Hmm. Picard's clone. Yeah, I just thought of Tom yeah, Hardy's yeah. worst role. Yes. It was pretty terrible. I like that he followed up with Bronson, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, at some point. I don't know what happened yeah. in between. He made Bronson. He petted so he a gets... lot of dogs in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would definitely be in the future. What do you think would happen that would uh, split the Federation? One would be the um, induction of a race that someone's like, oh, we can't induct them. And there are others like, we're the Federation. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. And then they would they would have essentially a fight over that and about, you know, inducting yeah. you or, or just pushing them out. Where it could be the Cardassians. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, I'd like to see more done with Gold Ducat. The alien <sighs> races get tired of a human running the Federation. I haven't finished. I haven't finished. Yeah, uh, you're... <laughs> it gets okay. weird. Goldicott gets weird. Yeah. So far, he's good. But we're like, you know, like, uh, it doesn't have to be a human who's a captain all the time. It's true. It doesn't. That's why aliens. I want a Klingon yeah. captain. Like I but I mean, said. like, the, like the, you know, the Vulcans could be like, hey. Yeah, well, there's a, there's I mean, a couple the of, Federation. like, they mention the fact that there's, like, one or two all Vulcan ships. Remember uh, the second Star Trek movie, Wrath of Khan, uh, Savik is the captain of the Enterprise. She's a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She sucks. <laughs> she does. She changed her hair, though. I hadn't noticed. Oh, you know what? I would. You know what I would reboot? Just thinking of weird reboots. Cheers. Ooh, how? I would make it dark as fuck. It's already dark as fuck. <laughs> make it British people are like cheers. No, yeah. just cheers, you just gun. like a little, a little more. It's always sunny. Just like, just yeah. terrible alcoholics. That would be. Great. Oh, that would. Fraser totally pulled the rug on Cheers. Like when Ted Danson shows up and he's like, yeah, "Everything's dark." Everyone's life sucks. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Fraser. <laughs> we had a wonderful time with these people. As for me, um, me and Doug yeah. have been tossing around the idea of what we do with the Star Trek reboot. We created a doc and everything. <laughs> like we, we created a document. And uh, our idea was people like the original series and they don't like the movies. People like the movies, but they don't really want to know what happens in that alternate timeline later on. So what if we find a way to bridge the two? So it starts with the captain – Captain April uh, is the name we've picked so far, and he's an older guy, family man, used to be involved in a lot of more militaristic parts of the Federation. What era is this? This is uh, pre-original series. So this is the Klingon War? This is – yeah. He he was involved in the Klingon War. When the Klingons were Italian? When they were – Arab. Well, but they were still white guys (laughs) with with Fu Manchus. But yeah, so he had fought in that and now is – on a science vessel to get out of danger's way because he has a wife and kids back at home that he wants to get back to all the time. And they're studying the sun that there's something wrong with it. They don't know what's going on. It's fluctuating in energy. It's acting weird. And uh, they're they're trying to get readings from it. And a Klingon vessel shows up. And things are still pretty bad with the Klingons. And the Klingon vessel is like, surrender your stuff. We won't harm you. But but you, you you should surrender everything. And Captain April's like, oh no, like no, because if we surrender, they'll probably kill us. Because he has a he doesn't respect anything about the Klingons. He, he he thinks they're they're scum, just like Kirk. And it ends up where something goes wrong with the sun while they're they're kind of exchanging blows, and it's this very tactical match where the Klingons aren't acting like he expects Klingons to act, but he's really smart, and it's going back and forth. And the sun goes nova during the middle of this, and nobody expects it to. And the shockwave that happens. Pre-Nova takes out both their warp drives, and they have to accelerate away from the sun as fast as they can. And when they do, they find themselves – they only spend about 12 seconds near light speed having accelerated there. And they, they do the calculations when they come out. It's been like 120 years. And they're like, oh, no. What are we going to do? But the Klingons are still like, we, we're going to fight. We're going to take you out. And they're like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like – Something just happened. Things are things are bad. Things, things are bad, and they're in the middle of some new area. They basically traveled 120 light years away from where they were, and they were on like the outer reaches of Federation space to begin with. And so were the Klingons. Like they met them out there because they were studying the same thing wrong with the sun. And they wind up and discover this new enemy that is completely different than anything Star Trek has faced. They're a very religious enemy. Like their, their, their whole culture is it goes around a caste system. Where a bunch of different races are uh, invested, kind of like the Tau in Warhammer, 
<clears throat> or the or the again the evil version of the Federation, essentially. Well, the Federation isn't religious, and there's, no, there's like, no caste yeah. system. Is that like Halo? So it'd be it'd be an integrated multicultural empire, but with but with racial castes. Yeah, and so I'm saying like the evil version of how you would right, make right, a multi. Right. Yeah. But their ships are um, they're they're organic. They're not. They use a different type of technology. So we can't disable their shields. We can't do any of that stuff. And they immediately capture. They fight both the Klingon and Federation crew, and they both get heavily crippled, suffer heavy losses, take the rest as prisoners on board. And the captain of the Klingon vessel is a female Klingon, and she's old. And the Captain April, they're thrown into uh, the same cell, and he's like, we got to get out of here. We got to do this. She's like, we're not going to lie with humans. And he's like, come on. Like, the person who did those maneuvers and sacrificed what they did, like, you can't be – you have to be a pragmatic person. Like, don't give me this bullshit, like, when you're, you know, sitting to me face to face. And she finally, like, ascends and she's like, okay, fine. But um, we got to rescue my crew first. And he's like, no, we rescue them at the same time. She's like, no, 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 My crew are Klingons. <laughs> like, we rescue them first. We'll definitely get your crew. Yeah. Like, we're going to get as many as we can. And only the Federation vessel is Has docked. Survived. Well, it, it is docked in their ship because, yeah, the Klingon vessel was, was beyond repair. So they get a the, – her crew has a very, very high-talented Klingon engineer. His crew has like the science team that he had before. They break out. They, they get loose. They, they run through. They see the horrible experiments that this race is doing and like all the ways that they create slaves and do horrible things to people, You know, use mind control, use all these different horrible things. And they fight their way through the ship, finally lose the pursuers, make it into the hangar get into the Federation vessel, put on spacesuits that are in lockup because now both they have way less than a normal amount of crew. They have enough spacesuits for everybody. Get in there and they know if they turn on the ship, the enemy ship will hear them. So they just manage to use explosive decompression to push the ship out of the bay and they have to wait there floating in the ship in their spacesuits for like a day before they can finally turn on the warp drive and boom, go back to Federation space. But the whole time the Klingon's trying to repair the, the warp drive. That's cool. They get back to Federation space it's been 120 years. And they're like, okay. So, and on their way back the whole time, the Klingon captain is like, listen, we need to go back to the Klingon space, not mm-hmm. Federation. He's like, no, you don't understand. If we go back, this is my ship. It's my plan. If we go back to Federation space, they won't harm you. If we go back to Klingon space, I'm dead. Like, they'll, you know, they'll kill me. Like, and, and they'll, they'll kill my crew. They're not going to hurt you. And she's like, well, how do you know? It's been 120 years. He's like, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't know anything. I don't know like But it's the best guess. I mean yeah. we're, we're we're bitter enemy enemies. He's like I may be rung up as a traitor for doing this. I'm probably a traitor to the whole federation for aiding and abetting, you know, the Klingons for rescuing you implicitly, for sparing you when I first had the chance during our fight. But whatever, I'll get the full report. I'll be a traitor. Whatever. We made it. We just need to warn them about this horrible threat coming. They make it back and they're prepared for the worst and they're like we're not at war with the Klingons. <laughs> like they're our allies. We, we haven't been for a generation. Yeah, right? there's there's no there's no Klingon So what era is this now? This is post Voyager. Post Voyager. Oh, it's po- like okay. Immediately post Voyager. The reason why we wanted him to be a family man is because there's an episode of Next Gen where these people, this lady, her body was frozen against yeah, her will. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, the and three she, of the yeah, the three people. One of them was a country exactly. music star. Yeah, and two of them knew what they were getting into, but she didn't. She like had an aneurysm and, pa- and like right before she died, they froze her. So she just thought she was like in the kitchen doing whatever, and then wakes up on a starship, and she's like, "Where are my kids? Where's my husband? You know, they've been dead for like 200 years. <laughs> you know, what are you gonna do?" <laughs> yeah. And I wish the episode there's spent, 30 spent people more. related to you now. Yeah. Like, I, the, the, I wish the episode had spent more time on that. So I'd like for that to happen to Captain April and other people on, on the crew, but, but him dealing with that over the course of the show where when they get back, the Federation has been contacted by this new alien race, this enemy, and they're very, very congenial, super pleased to deal with you, and send out emissaries. And this guy's like, no, it's a fucking lie. Like, it's the worst. They do this. They do this. They do this. Like, we've got no evidence of that. We don't know. He's like, no, they, they, they've invaded all these other cultures. They have, a, they have a political caste system. They do this. They do that. And they're like, okay, listen, we believe you. <laughs> like, we have no reason to suspect you're lying to us whatsoever. The Klingon corroborates it. There's this. We check both your records. You are from this time. Like, you, you, you are this, this kind of person. And they're like, listen, if you are willing to take a command, we have one for you. And he's like, I'm going to have to think about it because I, I kind of want to meet my family, you know, and like deal, find out what, ha- what happened to my kids. It takes like, not in showtime, but in the, in the course of an episode, like takes a month off, you know, tries to deal with it, comes back and, and he's like, I'll only do it if you let me pick my crew. And they're like, sure. 
But we we uh, have one stipulation. We are definitely putting one person on of our choice, um, one specific person. And he's like, all right, fine. I pick the Klingon lady and I pick all of her crew who are disgusted by the current state of the Klingon Empire, <laughs> who think they're weaklings, who hate them. Like, And, and she's, she's like, I will restore the glory to the Klingon Empire. We have a new foe. We are going to charge in and, and take him out. And the Federation is like, okay, we're giving you a new ship. This ship has a cloaking device, but it's got a few other things uh, that, that you're going to have to – you can only turn on outside of Federation space <laughs> that you're not able to do. Because they're just straight up illegal. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't use them here. You can't even turn them on. You can't even know what they are until you get out there. It's for the good of everybody. Your ship doesn't exist. Your crew doesn't exist. You purport directly to me. And uh, Who is me? The small council of the Federation. And it's like, uh, you don't exist. We deny anything. You're a rogue ship. And they, uh, this person is going to be your guide because we have studied the way that we think an invasion could happen with a race this far advanced. And we think primarily it's going to be an economical invasion where they drop off some sort of amazing technology that will let you – like it will heal any wound. It will do whatever. So it cripples this. Yeah, it cripples their industry and they're like, oh, we could give you more of the stuff, but why don't you just join us? And they're like, no. We're like, okay, well, that's fine. That was a gift, but it's, it's over now. But, you know, it's crippled medicine for 100 years. They've made no advances. They've just – everybody's been healed. So that's how they get you relying on it. They take over your industry. So we need to find out where they're going to move next. So we're assigning you the first Ferengi to ever join Starfleet, and that's Nog. And the second person to ever win the Kobayashi Maru. <clears throat> the, the Kobayashi Maru? He's the second person. Interesting. So, yeah, so Nog. He negotiates with the, uh, the Klingons <laughs> and gets them to back down. <laughs> That's perfect because well, what I'm thinking is he – well, this is me and Doug's idea, by the way. I don't want like, to say this is just me. So, is that in an episode? No, it's in a, it's in a book <laughs> where Riker is mm. the commander – like in the novels, Riker is commanding the Enterprise and he shows up because like something happens in Starfleet and there's a big kerfuffle and they're like – they show up and Nog has beat the Kobayashi Maru. And they're like, how would you do it? We know uh, Kirk cheated. And he's like, I just sat him down and talked to him like a person. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we never planned for that. Yeah, that's pretty much why that test exists. <laughs> but the, uh, he's like, yeah, we need you to look at all the economic data of the far reaches of the Federation, all of it, and find out what planets that they've already in, already in. I want you to look at the planets that they have. I want you to estimate what they've got in resources. And I want you to tell us where they're going next. And your ship is going to be there before they get there. And that's his job. So he's going to be making a lot of tactical decisions that conflict with the Klingon. Oh, yeah. So the Klingon uh, captain yeah. is now the first mate of the ship. Which, again, that – You've got a younger, like, mid-30s Captain April, lost his family, morose dude, an older woman Klingon as his first mate who has to kind of check her own, own honor to be beneath this man who beat her fair and square before the bad guys show up. And, uh, and then her crew, who is now fiercely loyal to this guy, but nobody else, not even other Klingons. <laughs> like, other Klingons, they, they view them as weaklings. And the only reason they agree to this is he's the only one who, like, who's been through the shit with them. Right. He's the only one who's yeah. beat their era of Klingon that lives anymore. So I would also like for those Klingons to go back and destabilize the Klingon. <laughs> well, that's, that's <laughs> one of the things we, yeah. had, we had an idea for is that, that <laughs> she's the one who brings it to the Klingon Empire and is like, you're, you're weak! You know, she dethrones Gowron, mm-hmm. and she's like, or she she basically is, is like, you don't know what you're talking about, Gowron. I'm your ancestor. Again, you gotta you gotta finish Deep Space Nine before you have okay, some of these well, conversations. Okay, fair enough. But uh, but yeah, so so well, that gives me an idea but for then, a new show too. But then uh, the idea of using the Klingons though, they always seem underused. But then they they realize that the star cluster that they arrived in when they returned to Federation, like basically when they, they arrived in. Uh, is the same star cluster that Kalas is said to have returned from. And the, the Klingons start heralding her as the second coming of Kalas. And she uh, she meets Worf, who is Kalas's big uh, thing, and he's like, all of the prophecies match up. This is, yeah. uh, this is impossible. It, it, it's, not, it's not true. You can't be. And she beats him at Bathleth the same way that he beat the previous Kalas. And then she basically puts Worf in charge of the things that are more public to, to prepare things. And we thought that... The crew is primarily humans, Klingons, You know, we can combine these two ideas pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> they would work pretty well. And my idea of, like, a police academy movie <laughs> at Starfleet oh, Academy. Have, have I... Um, Bobcat Goldthwait. Use them today. Yeah. Modern Bobcat I almost, I almost want to talk about this, this one idea that I, I, have, a, I have a friend who, who served on a Navy ship for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he wanted to do an entire Star Trek series not about any of command crew. 
it would just be about enlisted men. It just takes place in Ten Forward, and it's uh, called yeah. Cheers. No, it, well, the whole thing is, no, it, it would take place in Ten Forward, but also there'd be a lot of things where, like, there'd be a battle going on, and they'd be commanded to go do stuff, having no, like, when you actually listen to the information that they give to the rest of the ship, half the time it's, one, not correct, and two, evolving. So you'd be like, oh, you guys got to go down to this hangar bay. Something's showing up. And you're like, well, what is it? No one told us anything. Like, well, we don't know what it is. <laughs> that so could just, be cool. It would just be, yeah, it would be like Star Trek that enlisted. Cool. I'm, I, I don't know what you'd call the series that I'm thinking of. But would you name it after the ship, the way that they did for no. Voyager and Enterprise? They got it. And Deep got, Space Nine? You got to stop doing that for one. Why? I, I don't think it, it would be cool if they if they fight their way up getting bigger and better ships the whole way. Yeah, if, especially if you're a warrior, you lose the ship. Pick the thing that you're going to follow the most. So you know, the, uh, religious war, the fatwa, or whatever. Would, well, I think would the, work. The better. next generation, so general, but it, it's yeah. perfect name for that because it is the it's after the original series, right? So there's just Star Trek and then Star Trek right, the next, next gen, generation yeah. and then Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Enterprise, and those three are. Like, yeah. I think, and the, and the whole thing is now retroactively, we could you could name rename Deep Space Nine the Dominion War, mm-hmm. and it's a better title. Yeah, but it's not all about the Dominion War. It's about Deep Space Nine. Like, not every episode has anything has everything to do with Dominion. They're the most recurring problem, though. Star Trek Battle Stations. I think that the problem with it, though, is it's much more action-packed. Because I was thinking, like, you'd have the Klingons. And the thing about these enemies is they're so ritualized in their combat that humans and Vulcans fight them to a standstill at their at their best. And at their worst, they just lose horribly. But Klingons are so unpredictable. They're like a bomb. Yeah. You know, and, and they just don't know how to deal with them in large numbers. So the battle strategy would always be how to unleash the largest number of Klingons in the middle of the most effective ship. <laughs> so, it, like I was thinking, you couldn't scan their ship for life forms the same way you, do, you would. Because it would in, all be come back it, as life form. It's all life form, yeah. So, science officer devises this idea that you hit it with an object of known mass and the shockwave of it you measure with video and through that you can judge the the interior of the ship and where the largest cavity is and that's the throne room of the ship so you'd go okay all right we're gonna we're gonna go in now and like the the big fleet's coming and the, the giant ship is at the rear and they just throw a ton of these objects at them that are large enough to cause an impact but do no real damage and like that's it what happened and then the throne room fills with a hundred Klingons and they're like <laughs> It's like having a bunch of Krogans loose in Babylon 5, I guess. Yeah, I never really understood <laughs> the rank system in Star Trek. The rank system? You mean like lieutenant, commander? No, I get that. but And their ensign is in, yeah. before that. Ensign, yeah. um, but... But then they give very little information to unenlisted. To anyone. Even on the, like, the wikis. I've read yeah. a lot of wikis and stuff. They say they're there, but you don't see them. Then there's, get, only, there's only one main character yeah. who's enlisted in the entirety of the Star Trek franchise. Who? Chief O'Brien. Chief He's enlisted. O'Brien. Hmm. Never went to the academy. Only one. Only one. Well, he went, but he left, right? Uh, he left to join the Cardassian yeah. War. Oh, Chief O'Brien. Yeah. But could, I, could you uh, use Cole Meany? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. What would you call this? It Star Trek... Uh, oh, just a, such a grizzled old engineer. I loved him. What this happened when we fought the Cardassians? It's like, I don't even know what Cardassians are. <laughs> Keep moving, old man. Yeah, I like the idea of... I'll fucking dump your head. Oh, another idea for a character I had was... If there, there was some one human, not the captain, who went toe-to-toe with the Klingons and, like, did well fighting, they're like, you're an honorary Klingon, <laughs> and then, like, would allow him to wear their vestments. Like, uh, like he, he got to wear the thing that Worf wears, mm-hmm. um, the bandolier. I know it's called something else in, yeah. the, sh- in the show, but he got to wear the, the bandolier that, that Worf wears, and he shows up in the Klingon homeworld, and they're like, get this human out of here, and the other Klingons are like, screw you. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. He's more Klingon than any of you. Fuck yeah. But that's uh, th- those are d- ideas for Star Trek. King- Klingons are not born of blood; they are forged. Yeah. <laughs> or have a Star Trek that's not based on the Federation. It would be <sighs> cool if he died. It'd be cool if the character that's a human that the Klingons grew to respect yeah. died, and then the Klingons got around him and grabbed his face and did the. <laughs> We're warning the afterlife that a Klingon <laughs> warrior is coming. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Bad Storytellers. Now presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream us from Google Play. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to thank my writing group again, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Now remember, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow 
To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Bad Storytellers on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 